Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists. song called High Class Bitch, the red-hot release from Nashville singer-songwriter-guitarist Jax Hollow. And Jax just happens to be my very special guest this week. My name is Stuart McKee, and this is Musicians FAQ. Every once in a while, a new artist comes along that demands your attention. My guest this week is that person. She is a singer, songwriter, guitar player out of Nashville, Tennessee, who is keeping the tradition of classic blues and rock music alive, and she is on a mission with a fierce debut album called Underdog Anthems, produced by the legendary Michael Wagner, who also produced Metallica, Skid Row, and Alice Cooper. I can't wait to talk to her on Musicians FAQ this week. Please welcome Jax Hollow. Joining me on Musicians FAQ this week, my guest is Jax Hollow. Jax, welcome to the show. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I've been really looking forward to this one. So what I'd like to do with this interview is sort of get back to the real very, very beginning. Uh, where were you born? What was your childhood like? Kind of tell us a bit of that and how you kind of came up and eventually ended up now in Nashville. Sure thing, man. Yeah. Um, well, I was born in Western Massachusetts or actually in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One of those places. State, yeah, the boring state of Connecticut. And then um, 
let's see, I, uh, my parents moved to Mass, uh, they got divorced, and then um, I'm basically uh, kind of grew up with a single mom, four kids, sort of like a little hectic, uh, but, you know, we made it, we made it work, and it was, it was a, it was a good childhood, and, um, you know, uh, we really just sort of like, uh, fought together you know me and my siblings you know we're really really close and and um we went through some hard hard times uh you know money wise emotionally you know a lot of stuff uh but with a strong family foundation i think it doesn't really matter what the circumstances are um which i i'm very blessed to have uh and uh yeah music was part of that growing up as like a awkward middle schooler teenager you know, to have an outlet like that, that I could just obsess over and be just be really good at something, you know, and to just have something that's mine, you know, that um, I can just fall onto if nothing else works, or if I just need to escape. Um, I think music is so important for especially like young developing minds. I think music is like, it, you don't have to go crazy with it, like I do, like obsess over, but like, right. even just having an outlet, having something creative to have is immediately important to brain development in my opinion um yeah but, but yeah i just uh grew up in western massachusetts like around um near like amherst greenfield uh, i went to this little hippie school called four rivers where there was like 30 kids per grade and i could just like run around in the woods and like come back and they'd be like we'll teach you some stuff and then <laughs> you know it was very much it was not normal um but I'm pretty, I'm pretty blessed for that because it gave me, you know, I could like play guitar early in the morning and then like, you know, they'd be like, all right, put that away. Like, let's learn some things. And, um, you know, it was, it was just very much more like, like there was, it was like expeditionary learning or something, which is basically like, let's just see if this works. Um, but yeah, it was cool. And then, um, yeah, here I am. I, uh, you know, I studied some music and I've been performing as like a, professional lead guitarist singer singer songwriter artist and all that for for a little while now so it's been it's been good yeah yeah that's awesome i mean that that school sounds absolutely amazing and what what an idea like childhood um now where other people so where do you where are you in the the sort of the range of the kids are you youngest middle oldest yeah i'm middle yeah and my little brother um actually you were talking about drift together he he was he's um he was 18 he just turned 18 and we we went to uh record all those videos and stuff like in the grand canyon and stuff i just took my oh, little brother yeah. in my little my little car and we like he doesn't fit back there but we set up a little bed back there to like sleep occasionally and his yeah. legs like went up into the front seat so i'd smell his socks while we were <laughs> driving to the next location it's beautiful Perfect. i love it yeah it's like, it's like being on the road with a band yeah that's awesome. Uh, for the benefit of people listening, just to let people know you are outside, and we're probably hearing some airplane and wind noises and things like that. I can go inside, my uh, dude. Yeah, no. Oh, it's I, totally I cool. It's that. totally cool. Um, but just so people don't think it's just, you know, what what the hell is going on? What's with all the noise? But whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you prefer. Anyways. All right, that's oh, probably better, right? Oh, man, much better. Yeah, yeah. All and right, we see some guitars on the wall, too, so that's cool. Yeah. And a drum kit oh, back shit. here. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You got a full studio um well that's awesome so now other people in the family musical as well fans of music or play instruments or yeah um no <laughs> i'm oh, just like, kind of kind of the black sheep there in that regard um yeah no no one really else just me i just just little old weird me yeah <laughs> nothing weird about it it's, it's perfect and i think you're right i mean there, there's actually been studies done you know music is good for for the mind developments you know, you know, piano and, and guitar and things, they can be very mathematical too. And it's funny because anytime there's cutbacks with education, they always get rid of the artsy stuff first. And so you're very blessed to find a school that, that really kind of focused on, you know, outdoors and arts and creativity and things like that and music and arts and learning. And I think they all go hand in hand. I think it's, uh, that, that's probably where we miss the boat sometimes. I don't, I'm not sure what it's like down there in the United States, but I certainly in Canada, anytime there's cutbacks, like it's the music programs that get hit first and Oh, things yeah. like that, which is really a shame. And really it's kind of silly because it's big business too. I mean, there, you know, the, you know, thousands of people are, are streaming music and buying records and going to concerts. And I mean, you're feeding a whole infrastructure of venue people and concession people and all these other things. So 
you know, to say it doesn't make sense economically to support those kind of areas is, is kind of really silly. Well, they don't think they don't think about the creative consequences, like right. what you're gonna like have a bunch of kids that don't have creative outlets or freedoms or explore certain things. Do you know how beneficial it is, like just to like learn how to like express yourself through anything else? Like right. there could be like you know the guy with the next brilliant idea, and he never could see, you know have it come to fruition because you know maybe he wasn't like blessed with the tools to like be able to have an outlet to really like discover and like create and i think people are like oh well why would you get into music you're not gonna be a musician it's just like no there's there are so many benefits that you don't even really think of you know and again like mathematically too i mean i'm thinking you know when even just what i'm doing now because i've been doing it for so long it doesn't matter but like okay so i play downtown so i'm playing downtown again in like probably like three hours (laughs) you know like playing yeah i would show up you're like interacting with people, you're remembering lyrics, you're playing, you're muscle memory and guitar, you're, you know, it's, you're like also performing and interacting and, you know, and you're also remembering like, oh, like this is, it's time management and all that stuff too. There's like a million things that go into it, you know, just like anything else. But I really think it's the creativeness that, you know, is like cornerstone. I mean, that's, that's like what we are gifted human, like as humans is we have creativity. We're able to see two different objects and like, put those two things together in a way that wasn't there before, yeah. you know, that's real. That really is creativity in a nutshell, you know? And it's like, um, we're supposed to foster that because it's really is a very human thing. And you don't want to experience the full human, you know, spectrum, you know, yeah. you want to experience what it's like to be human, like then experience what it's like to be a creative, because let me tell you, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of humanity and like learning how to navigate that infrastructure for sure. Yeah. yeah I agreed a hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. I saw that you got a show later. That's fantastic. Um, so when did, I mean, when did you actually first pick up the guitar? Obviously quite young. Were you like a toddler or a kind of preteen or? Yeah. Preteen. Yeah. Um, at first I, I didn't really think much of music, you know, um, then just wasn't really part of my life, you know, and didn't grow up in a musical household or anything. It really, really was the reason I picked up a guitar was because I saw Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. And I was like, well, that's hot, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, that's cool. And also I just had, I was a really awkward. I was really having a hard time. I had a lot of, you know, uh, problems and, um, you know, uh, I needed an outlet and something to obsess over. And it was the perfect thing, you know? Yeah, I think I think that's a, a story, you know, f- for for many, many years, that's been the case with, with so many of those those greats. And, and, you know, certainly in my case as well, I mean, the music, I mean, here you are thousands of miles away and you write a song like Drift Away and I and I hit I listen to that song and I'm just, you know, it just hits me in the gut. And I'm like, wow, I mean, that's that's an incredible thing. There's a connection there that you don't get. And I think posted something on the line the other day where you're working on a kind of a Zeppelin-y sounding song and you're strumming the acoustic guitar in a field somewhere and that was super cool and i could hear the zeppelin in it for sure but i could hear something completely different so um you know how you've got this album out how important is it to you to kind of really establish your own sound your own style i know when i heard you in a previous interview you talked about you want to create that same magic that you felt the first time when you were hearing these songs and and songs that are going to last not just maybe a hit but um you know a song that's really going to make a difference yeah i mean yes 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 <laughs> all that <laughs> all um that. yeah uh so like yeah i mean i'm obsessed with the feeling of when you know you you when you create something and then it just keeps like fabricating itself and you're just sitting there in awe just like this is mine this is stupid like this is you know and that's that's what keeps you going and trudging through the mud of like writing stuff that's just like oh my god when is like when is it gonna happen again when am I gonna get struck by lightning again and it it is just like it really is the most rewarding and the most frustrating thing to be Mm -hmm. a singer songwriter artist like it's not for the faint of heart like you you can't just clock in and be like oh beautiful if I work this hard and I work this many hours then I'm gonna be gained this no honey (laughs) you're gonna be you're gonna be on the bedroom floor just like tearing your hair out just like how do I fit this puzzle piece into this and it's just like you can't you can't shave off the pieces and you know like cheat your way in there and that's that's what I love about it is because um 
when you get it, you get it. And then you get to share that gift. Well, first of all, you got to make sure that all the ducks are in a row and, you know, you record it where the emotion is still there and, and, and the feeling is there. And, you know, and sometimes it doesn't hit that way, you know, like, you know, with, with wanted woman, I mean, when I wrote it, it was a lot more just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the way it came out, but it doesn't hit the way that when I recorded drift together hit in the studio. And if I can have a home run like that, at least like four home runs on the next record, I will be like over the moon. Like that's, that's really what it is. I mean, I know I've written like at least, I mean, I've written, I write all the time, but I only am going to like showcase or perform or show like the gems of like yeah. the hall, you know, and because what's the point, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. have to trudge through to get that. I don't think people understand. They're like, Oh, I can't write. It's like, no, you, you have to like, you have to have the ones that you just have, you yeah. know, maybe you can send it to someone. Maybe they'll like it, you know, your 40 minute songs, you know, I've got plethora of those, you know, it's just, you, you just, when you have it, you just know it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. 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 It takes a lot of bad songs to get to the good song and a lot of good songs to get to the great song. And yeah. It, and I'm it, still it, on that path and I'm, and I'm, I'm so excited to even be on that path. And like, you know, I'm still, I'm a new artist. I've been out for like a year and a half, you know, as, as Jack's hollow, you know, as a very focused thing And the next record, you know, I've been writing, but this, these next couple of months is when I really get to write the bulk of the record. Um, you know, I'm going to be going on international travels and stuff. And I'm, I'm really, it's like, I'm totally hundred percent in it. So that's, that's what's going to happen very soon. So.
love that song. An instant classic. Drift together. Jack's hollow. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you have the team. I mean, part of that creativity and, and getting that sound and everything. Uh, the producer you have, Michael Wagner. Am I, produ- am I pronouncing that correctly? Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, he comes from kind of a more of a heavy metal background, but I mean, I think your music almost kind of defies definition at this point, because I mean, it is hard rock, it is blues, it's, it's got some country feelings in there. I mean, it's just a real collage of things. Um, And that's going to be hard for you as a songwriter and for the band as musicians and for a producer to kind of harness all that and say, okay, what are we trying to create here? but are you happy with the team that you've got? Is it kind of a steady group of musicians that you're working with as well? Yeah. I mean, the team that I have is like phenomenal, you know? Um, and, um, and I'm always expanding too. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of beautiful how that happens. You know, people sort of like see this thing happening and they're like, wow, um, how can I be a part of that? And it, it just like grows sort of almost a small movement of like what right. you said, like, uh creating your own genre i don't you know it's not it's not though it's just it's familiar but it it, basically at the end of the day i just and i write everything from rap to like met you know like i write all over the place and that's why it is hard sometimes to hone in on what is jack's hollow because i've written songs that i think are awesome and need to get out there and then my manager is just like that's not jack's hollow and i'm like ah you're right and you need someone, you need someone to also sort of ground you at some points in times. So I wish, I wish artists to have like the support that I have. Cause you, it's really, you really can't do it all on your own. And believe me, I've tried, I've been trying to do it on my own for a long time. And so having a team, I didn't, I didn't know how much I needed a team until I had one. And I was like, wow, this is making more sense now. And, um, you know, I really wish, especially I've got a lot of other friends, especially in Nashville, who are trying to make it and do this stuff too. And it's, it's almost impossible without other people believing in your yeah. vision too. And I, and it sucks because it's hard to get someone to believe in your vision. It's like impossible. It's hard to get people to show up to your show, but then it's also hard to get people to believe in what you're doing. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like a giant marriage of people. I mean, I I know just for me, you know, running restaurants and, and different businesses that I've run over the years, it's the same thing. I mean, you have these all-star people and you maybe build your team around that. And in this case, you're the star of the team but you have to have all those other people, whether it's a sports team, music team, business, whatever it is, you know, one person alone is going to, and it, and it does keep you on track. I mean, I've, I've worked with people where you, Oh, this is a really great idea. And then you sort of soundboard the idea around and people go, Oh, you know what, maybe consider this or consider that. So, so it sounds like it is a little bit collaborative. Um, Do you write with other people or are you strictly writing on your own? Most of the time I write on my own. Um, I've been known to be a little, uh, how shall I say this? Uh, particular and co-writes sometimes people people call me a little um I just am passionate you know (laughs) and sometimes people are a little like oh my god like I come in like blazing just like but when but when I hear something it's just like oh it just like goes off and I just have to I have to capitalize on like whatever that is and and sometimes like if I'm not feeling what's happening like you know I'll just I'll sit there in silence until you know and some people are very I've never had someone like walk out of a co-write, but it's hard to like, I've had co-writes, but I, I don't know. I hope I'm not gaining reputation of somebody <laughs> who's a little odd to write with. Um, a lot of songwriters are, I'm not like a bro country guy where I sit down and I'm like, all right, so we've got, you know, the back roads, the truck, the porch, we got the ex-wife, you know, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, I don't sit down and, and I'm like that. I'm just like, it's very particular and weird, you know, and yeah. it's kind of, it might be off-putting to people, but I, I love co-writing, especially if I get, it's kind of a small, it's more intimate than dating, I think, co-writing. Yeah. Because it really is quite, uh, you're re- I mean, yeah, you're really like, you know, you putting, can go through those awkward things or you can kind of, suddenly it just clicks and then you have romance and then the song is born and, and other times it's like, uh, I don't think he's ever going to call me again. <laughs> and it's exactly. exactly. And, and you have that realization while you're in the middle of it. And, you, yeah. and I'm and sorry, but I'm one, of those people, <laughs> I'm one of those people where I have so much time, you know, I only have so much time to do some stuff. So I'll just be like, hmm, I think you're a great dude, but I don't, I don't feel it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and, and I've, 
I never walked out of a co-write, but I've definitely like, you know, shortened them and just been like, okay, this is, this is all we're going to get. Let's not beat a dead horse, you know, and it's okay. You know, but, but I love co-writing. I just, most of the time I do write on my own because, um, you know, it's just, it's just a constant thing throughout the day. Even if I'm at the gym, I'm running. If I have like an idea, I just stop what I'm doing. And I like voice memo in front of everyone. I, I've got no shame, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. And I mean, there's so many great artists over the years. I mean, whether you go back to Janis Joplin or, you know, Dolly Parton or John Hyatt, or, you know, currently Jason Isbell. I mean, and yeah. you know, there's Bruce Springsteen. I mean, you know, he made a whole career working with the same guys in the same band and, but I mean, really, he was the main songwriter and, you know, there's no room for anybody else's ideas or and in terms of the song itself, they might have their creative input in terms of how they add the instrumentation and the structure and, and how they play it and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is rare to get a group that really believes in somebody that much that they stay with them all those years. And um, but, you know, and, and that's part of the development. Who knows, maybe down the road, you may find that you want to collaborate more and, and it's probably just. I think being younger and having so much music and so much experience in you. Um, I mean, and when you were talking about your childhood, it sounds like there's a lot of fodder there for songs anyway. So I think a lot of this stuff just needs to come out and then maybe down the road, you continue that path or maybe you don't, but uh, yeah, people can get judgy. I do find like these, you know, you look at some of these credits and there's eight different names on a song and you're going, you know, like what, what the hell? <laughs> like it's like an automobile plant where each person's putting something on it. And, and uh, it really sounds like that. At the end, does. Who would have yeah. thought it sounds fabricated, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Once, I mean, once in a while, there's a great song that comes out, but I'm telling you, if I hear another song about tequila and margaritas, I mean, you know, but um and hopefully there's not one in your album that i missed that line <laughs> no but you know what but jimmy buffett created an entire genre yeah. of like yeah. guys in hawaiian shirts off of cruise ships like he created yeah. an entire yeah. genre <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like it's yeah all the parrot heads it's, <laughs> it's crazy. yeah you know uh but no i think i think what you're doing is is i mean you're you're defining yourself as you go along but i mean you do have an identifiable look and style and and a brand and whether somebody and i can't remember it was probably the guitar playing that drew me in first i went man she can really wail on the guitar and then you start to notice and i and again i know they talked about this other interviews and you probably get tired of this whole thing but you know the singing came later i guess that you just wanted to be a guitar player and the songwriting um sort of probably came a little bit sooner, but so maybe just walk us through. I know there was some other education beyond this, this art school that you were at as a child, but um, sort of where did you go sort of post high school and, and how did you, how did that lead you to where you are now? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so crazy. You're talking about the Institute for Musical Arts um, when I was a teenager, because June Millington actually just came down for the film festival here in Nashville. I just saw her like three days ago. Oh, um and she just did the screening for uh, Fanny uh, when some when when they walked the earth. It, it basically the first all female rock band that nobody knew about that basically made way for like everyone else coming in. And um, I, that's going to be coming out. And I know when that comes out, it'll blow up um, because really well, it's really well made. I, it, they've got interviews with a bunch of like higher up people who are just like, yo, you guys got to know about this. And the story is amazing, but I got to see the screening and I got to see her again, which is really cool. Um, especially before I leave like for international stuff, but yeah. Um, now was that the band that was working with Frank Zappa or am I mixing them up with somebody else? I know there was, um, it may even be a story that I just haven't heard of. And I always, I always pride myself on kind of knowing all this historical stuff about music, but then you hear these things, you go, how did I miss that? You know what? I think I'm in the same boat. I'm not really sure. They did stuff with the Spelts and stuff. Okay. You know, and and like um, in that kind of thing. And I mean, they were there with everyone. Like they they'd have like Jelly just mentioned Joe, Joe Cocker over, and he'd like eat like the muffins that they baked for him. <laughs> you know, or you know, they, it was just. And when you when you watch the the especially the documentary, it, it's so funny because I've heard June tell stories, but when I see the documentary and they're taking the footage of like interviews at IMA, they're doing all that at IMA, and I'm just like, oh my god, that's where I first discovered songwriting, right in that room where they're interviewing for when Fanny walked the earth, and it's just like, you know, it's pretty surreal. It's all kind of coming together, but but yeah, um, that was. Uh, amazing it just happened to exist where june millington set up shop in goshen massachusetts um for young uh women in in music 
um, just a place for like kind of, um, you know, maybe kids who don't really know where to go. A lot of a lot of kids, like a lot of teenagers, especially kind of would hang out there and just kind of be there. Um, sometimes I would too. And I would spend a lot of summers there too, because sometimes, um, you know, it was, it was like almost sometimes my only safe place to go. Right. And, um, and then like, you know, discovering songwriting there, you know, another fantastic outlet. Uh, but yes, IMA and then, um, further education in, uh, going to a school that I can't afford, um, getting into massive amounts of debt because, you know, got a little dream here and I want to fucking, you know, plant a seed and like water it and hopefully not have, you know, uh, <laughs> massive amounts of student loan debt, um, yeah. squash it into the ground. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't yeah. know how anybody recovers from, from those kind of, and again, I think it, it's much more expensive down there than it is here, but I mean, it, it, it's getting pretty prohibitive up here as well. Um, yeah, I don't know how you ever bounce back from that, but you don't. You just, but how how I've never had security anyway, so it's right. like it's like oh, I pile it on. I'll take on yours too. I don't like <laughs> I want yeah, it. What the hell? You know, I'm just doing. You know, what I mean, I, I don't know. I don't people. I know that's that's not really a good thing to do. It's not like I'm avoiding it forever. I just I just think it's a little at this point in time. You can't even like look at the numbers or even be a part of it yeah. because it's just like you know, um, almost un, untouchable <laughs> kind of. And, and you're a reluctant singer, I guess, initially. So tell us a little bit about that. Reluctant singer. Yeah. At, at first, um, I mean, I only sing because this woman, Melanie Demore, I'll never forget her. Um, yeah. About 10 years ago, actually um, at IMA saw me playing guitar and she was like you're gonna be a great singer one day and I was just like whatever like who are you go away (laughs) you know little did I know who Melanie Damore was see what I mean like these amazing women come into IMA and you don't even know Gail Dorsey who played with you know played bass David Bowie's bass player Gail Dorsey just hanging out in the in the kitchen and I'm just like hey who are you I'm like oh I'm Gail Dorsey I'm like oh okay you know I'm just teenager I don't you know I'm not gonna like google her I, you know and, yeah. and I'm jamming with her that night you know at IMA and I'm just like and then I'm like and then you think about it later and and oh she's in the documentary as well being like you know mm-hmm. talking about her relationship yeah she oh, yeah she was the one that was influencing you you're gonna be a great singer and you weren't buying it at first but so when did it really sort of come to fruition I mean when, when did it finally hit you that hell I can sing yeah, it hit me. Not that. Are you, I could are you still? Are you still it. struggling with your own voice? Oh no, I'm at a great place now, and ever since the record, it's just been like, it's just a steady. Like I see the improvement, and and I have way more control and pitch and everything and expression than I ever have. You know, because I've been playing mm-hmm. almost every single day. I've been playing downtown. I've been playing. You know, I've been playing the Jacks Hollow stuff. I'm just really coming into like who I'm supposed to be, and that's a really beautiful thing as well. Um, but yeah, back then I was like, screw that. I don't want to sing. I don't play guitar. Like, you know, oh. and, um, and yeah, she, she basically made me kind of forced me to like write a song with these other two girls at IMA. It's a very collaborative camp. You know, you, you write songs with these girls and then you perform them at the end with, uh, and your parents come and they take pictures and they're like, Oh my God. And, um, and so I did that and, uh, I, and I sang the song that I wrote and it was called, I can't change. And it's terrible. <laughs> and it's not a bit, and you can't listen anywhere because it was buried deep into the internet. Um, it'll, it'll never see the light of day. I'll never see the light of day. And I'm sure that June has it in the archive somewhere. <laughs> and I'm sure like someday <laughs> it'll come to light. But, um, and then we set, what happens is they take a video of you so you can see what you look like when you perform. And, yeah. and I, I refuse to look up when they had the playback um in that living room I refused to look up because I was so embarrassed and I hated just hated myself I was just like I had so much hatred and I was just like I sound like I don't want to do this this isn't me I hate it like I I'm so mad and I just like started like just crying and um you know I'm I'm a tough guy I don't want people to say I don't cry I don't want to see anyone so you know I'd go somewhere else to cry and I'm just just like why am I bawling my eyes out because I'm so uncomfortable And then that's kind of the first introduction to singing, you know, is complete vulnerability. Like nobody has that instrument, but you, that is your own, that is as unique as a 
thumbprint and no one wants to talk about that. You know what I mean? Like whatever you have as a voice is what you have. You have a physically, you only have like the cavity of what you have. You know what I mean? Like when you make sound, I mean, you can emulate whatever you want, like singing wise, but kind of stuck with the voice that you have yeah. at, you know, at birth, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's a fingerprint and, and how vulnerable is it to share that, especially when you're not comfortable singing or anything. And so I just bawled my eyes out. Jack's Hollow. A couple of years later, she was right. I discovered that I could sing. <laughs> yeah. So, so when was the next time you sang after that? Was it was it literally a couple of years later, or did you kind of, despite all this sort of antithesis against it and and rebelling against it, were you kind of slowly convinced to do it again and again until you finally got more comfortable, or was it just kind of? Yeah, it is. It was a slow <laughs> learning process of learning simultaneously learning how to love myself and learning how to love my voice at the same time, which I think you might need to do anyway in high school, Yeah, you yeah. know? And um, so, yeah, it all, it was all coming together at that point in time. You know, it could, it could have been the frustration could have just initially came from like, I just hate myself, you know, 
or something like that. Um, deep, deeper than a hate, a hate for the voice, but oh but, yeah, but I, do, I do find most people do hate their own voice. I mean, I still cringe at it. Uh, my son, I you know, he's twelve years old. I got him to record something as an intro for the radio show, and he had to go into another room in the bathroom and close the door before he could do it, and he didn't want to hear it after. I'm like, hey, you're on the air. He goes, I don't want to hear it. Um, you know, and and I heard, you know, we were mentioning. I mentioned John Hyatt earlier. I heard he hated his own voice for years, and. Uh, and then you get other people like Patty Smith and Bob Dylan. They're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just going to sing well, my song. They, they might say they don't give a fuck, but I guarantee you at some point in time, they were, they, they were still, they were in the bathroom. Like, Oh my God, I hope no one hears me. Yeah. And now I, I don't care. You could, you could be like sing something and I'd just be like, you know, I'll just blurt it out because there's, I think there's just a click at one point in time. I think you just shift from like, okay, this is, I can, I can, I have control. And I think it comes with control. I think you just, you build confidence half of singing is psychological you know it's like half of it's just like you know the confidence to just throw something out there you're literally like lifting like you're putting your head back and going for it like there's no half-assing that if you're gonna go for it go for it otherwise you know it's not gonna you are gonna it's gonna be uncomfortable you know and you gotta have that switch where all of a sudden you're like you know what i'm gonna go for it because i trust my body to it's a lot of trust. Like, you know, like even if you're playing whatever, like your, your muscle memory helps. Yeah. But you have to trust your body too. You know, after this stuff, there's no way you could be, your mind could be thinking about doing all these things at once, remembering lyrics, singing on pitch, you know, like using your vocal cords and hitting the exact same thing. And yeah. then like your, your fingers doing it all. And then also engaging with like an audience, engaging with your band, you know, it's like, there's no way you can actually like handle all that information. Your neurons are firing at like, who even knows, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so like, you have to trust your body to do half of it, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting what you said about, you know, that's your thumbprint because I, I think so many singers have tried to sound like somebody else. And I mean, just as we were talking about sort of the production, the assembly line for songwriting, there's that same thing for singers. I mean, whether you watch the voice or American Idol or you just go on YouTube or, or TikTok and you hear, you know, whoever, the big singers everybody's trying to sound like her or him or and then you have those singers who just kind of sound like themselves which is great did you find yourself trying to emulate or sound like somebody else initially or did you just kind of work on developing your voice sort of in a silo from that yeah and i and i think that's totally and that's totally fine you know because like first what do we do when we first talk we mimic what we hear around us it's the same thing you're mimicking who you love who you like who's your favorite artist you're probably going to mimic them you're probably you know i've heard you know the indie kind of accent a lot in massachusetts in western mass too growing up a lot of like the indie folk stuff you know they'll do a lot of like they'll do weird things with vowels that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't even do you know (laughs) you know and uh you know i've even heard people like you know having like a bit of an accent because of like you know, they just like music from different places. So they like adapt and they adopt like certain things, which is wild, you know, but it's really like once you have all that under your belt and then, then you kind of, that's where like, again, the create, the human creativity comes in and you're like, you know what, like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying this, you know, try take a little bit of that, take a little bit of that. And that's really, I think how individualism comes out in your voice is like, you just sort of have been around a bit and you've tried different things. You've emulated people you've taken. And then all of a sudden, like you're left with kind of your own thing. And then you're like, you don't even realize you have it. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Like, this is cool. Yeah. It's, it's neat. Well, I mean, the guitar playing, I guess the same thing. Like we're, you're talking yeah. about, you're very influenced by Zeppelin. Um, but you know, at this point, I don't know if I hear that much Zeppelin and what you do. It's like the Rolling Stones and Keith Richards really just copy everything Chuck Berry ever did. But then Keith Richards developed the sound that everybody else copied Keith Richards. And so, yeah, it, it's really neat to see those transitions. And, and I think that's, yeah. Well, that guess, yeah. 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 And I guess that's the biggest compliment. Uh, you know, if you, if you notice people looking like you and sounding like you and uh, you know, some people kind of, oh, they're ripping me off and other people are, are flattered by it. And you should be, I think. Well, I'm flattered if you're going to do, if you're going to bring it up, if you're going to try to one up me, you know, level yeah. up, you know, but that's really what it is. It's it. I mean, music is, again, a really cool humanistic kind of thing because um, it's totally collaborative and people should be built. This is the, the problem that's happening now is it should be elevating. It should be building. It should be getting to the next level, which, you know, 
I think in a genre like rock has been doing, you know, rock continues to elevate and move and like men stuff, but I don't know. Some of it feels kind of stagnant, you know, but I feel like rap has become the new rock rock in that sense, because rap is totally blowing up and like totally self-evaluating, totally like leveling up. Somebody comes in and then all the other, everyone else has to re, you know, go back to the drawing board and be like, damn, that guy just like is on fire. How do I, how do I get to that next level? And that needs to happen. I know I, I see it in rap and hip hop, but I wish that was happening right now with rock. And that's kind of what I really would like to be a part of is, is um, that sort of it's healthy competition, but it's also, you're just like, you're just playful. You're just playing with making like the next thing, you know? And that's, that's really exciting. You know, what if, that inspires, you know, some 13 year old kid in their bedroom to, to like, be like, you know what, I'm going to combine this with this, you know, and it's, it's, that's how it should be. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think you got to be out there celebrating. And I know a lot of people go, you know, as a songwriter or somebody who's out in social media and you're looking at, wow, how'd they get all those views? And I didn't get this view and you can get petty and you get jealous, or you can kind of look at what they're doing and become a fan and go, I get it. You know, I, I, I co-write with a lot of people and we'll do that. And somebody will come up with something and, damn that's a good song and then all of a sudden we all go back and we try to outdo each other but yeah in a a friendly way i mean i think if you look at that explosion in the in the early to mid to late 60s with rock i mean my god and and all these bands knew each other and they you know they'd all play each other their new record and you know all of a sudden you know they're all kind of in this one area and then the band come along and they're doing something completely different and everybody's like what the hell but they would friendly one up each other yeah, though yeah. too you know they'd be they'd be you'd see like them looking at each other's concerts but you'd also see them like formulating like mathematical you know just like, yeah, like yeah. Okay, all right all right all right like this is what i'm gonna do next you know yeah yeah it's beautiful it is it is a cool thing well i think there's a shift away from rock and 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 guitar and things like that i mean i don't think it's ever going to go away obviously hip-hop has been the dominant genre for a while and i, I think you're right there's been way more creativity um and maybe it'll come back when there starts to become, I mean, there, there are still quite a few guitar bands out there, but it's always refreshing when you see, you know, the blues players and the, and the rock players still bringing it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think we're going to see it happen for a long, long time, but we'll probably get our Renaissance with that somewhere down the road. So. Um, yeah. I, I'd love I think to be I, a part of it. <laughs> well, yeah. I think, I think you're young enough that you can be so. And, and I think at this point, I mean, you're almost one of the people leading the charge really. So, it's uh, um, and you certainly caught my attention. So um, I could talk to you all night and I know you have a show you got to get to. And I, I want to kind of uh, get things wrapped up so we can get in within the hour and play some of your music on the show as well. Um, so that really just kind of uh, before we get to the 10 questions, is there anything uh, I know there's a bunch of things going on with the new album and the signed autograph vinyl copy and you've got shows. Um, so maybe take a minute to talk about your socials or any sort of key things that you really want to promote and you want people to know about right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, yep. We just, uh, we just got all those orders out. I don't think there's going to be any left. There's only four copies left for the signed underdog Anthem vinyl. They out of 40. So, I mean, that's, I thank you everyone for like doing that. I mean, like the amount of support that we've been getting, it really like also just, keeps burning like the fire that I have of like, okay, this is working. Like, like there are people who want to listen to this and who want this as well as I do. So it's, it really does solidify that. So thank you. Um, and then, um, yeah, we're working, currently working on the second album. I'm going to be writing a lot. I'm going to be gone for like, I'm going to be an international kind of traveling for a little bit, little like uh, songwriting retreats and stuff like that. Um, really getting in touch with like, all the stuff we talked about is probably why I've been being very introspective for this uh, <laughs> interview. I hope you dig it. Um, yeah, but yeah that, you can get me on social media is like uh, Instagram at Jax hollow J a X H O L L O W. Um, that's kind of my main one. I'm supposed to be on TikTok, but man, I just don't have time. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, I swear I post on it and I leave and I hate that. I, you know, yeah, I want to interact right. with people and I, you know, but I just, you know, I'm just running out of time, but hopefully I'll have some more time to do that or, or not, you know, sometimes it's nice to, you know, put the phone down and, you know, any plans to come North Canada. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see what the team the team's all about, but so far it's, it's really the really focused on the new album. Yeah. And um, hopefully um, 
COVID protocols and everything permitting, we'll be able to get down there. I haven't been to Nashville in a a long, long time. And I know the city has changed a lot since the last time I was there. Um, I probably wasn't that much older than you, Um, maybe a few years older. But anyway, so uh, I feel, you know, it's almost, not to oversell things, but I mean, I'm really confident that, I mean, you're going to have a a big career and a long career. and, And I think you're really one of the saving graces out there right now for rock for blues for guitar bands and, and singer songwriters i almost feel like it's that john lando when he saw springsteen in a club and he said i've seen the future of rock and roll and their name is bruce springsteen so i kind of i'm putting it out there the future of rock and roll and the name is jacks hollow so jacks thank you so much for doing the show uh let's just whip these 10 questions at you and then i'll let you get out to your show tonight all right thank you so much for saying that oh it's my pleasure uh this has been such a kick all right so what is your favorite word Definitely not moist. Uh, (laughs) I like um, hmm, tangled. Tangled. Nice. That is a good one. That's the first time I've heard that one. Moist has come up a lot as as least favorite words. Am I assuming that's your least favorite word? (laughs) Well, it's definitely not a great one. (laughs) No. Um, So what turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally? Um, Probably people's different people's energy, you know, um, especially if I come across someone who's like, I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but if you come across someone and they're just like very authentically, like just themselves, it's, it almost like inspires you to really be yourself. And yeah. I think that is such, I just want to be around those kinds of people. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely feed on people. And then you have other people who steal the energy from the room, which is, can be a terrible thing. Um, so what turns you off? Uh, probably very like plastic things, not like physically plastic, <laughs> but very like, uh, Fake. I call them, I call them weather people. I hope it's not insulting, but they're just kind of like, it's sunny outside. And you're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, our- uh, that's all we got. Uh, favorite curse word. Hmm. <laughs> Bitch, obviously. I've been yeah, in like almost all of my songs. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it works well. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? A straw fart. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? When you when you go to like Wendy's and you you put it in. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought you were going to maybe talk about the big slurping noise, but yeah, no, I know exactly. No, 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 no. It's a very, very, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, the initial, it's the initial drop. That's all you get. That's fantastic. I don't think there's a new term. I've learned something new today. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) What sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. Uh, Babies. I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) Maybe it's because I'm not into having a baby right now, but like, oh, man. uh, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I love, uh, I was really into... um, uh, drawing and stuff so like I, I always wanted to be like a, a disney animator cool uh yeah just another deadbeat you know creative career now <laughs> um, uh, but yeah no dis- i love the expression that especially with the 2d i don't really know a lot of the 3d stuff i haven't really been into but some of the 2d characters from especially old like disney uh movies like right. animated features are just very expressive and i just i love that nice. yeah and is it something that you have dabbled with? Is that potentially we might see some of your work in the future? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I draw like little characters and stuff. That's sort of what I do. I mean, on if you get the Underdog Anthem CD, you'll see a uh, an underdog that I drew, uh, basically with boxing gloves on. He's just nice. a little scrappy thing, and that's I drew him. So cool. Yeah, I was yeah. actually going to ask you if there's some of your art on the album. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what profession would you not like to attend? Anything mathematical. <laughs> Yeah, not so good. I have I still have to like Google like what is five percent of you know I I don't can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I mean, I try to help my son in math, and it's like it's a nightmare. I'm like I don't remember this kind of math when I was a kid. <laughs> when did everything change? It? So it's like, why are we still freaking yeah. teaching it if we don't even remember it ourselves and we yeah. don't obviously don't use it? I don't it's know. not going to do any good. All right, and lastly, if heaven exists, uh, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That is a fantastic question. I'd like him to be just like, like this, like, I told you, you know, (laughs) I'd like him to be like very cheeky, just like, see, 
see what happens. You know, you know, I, I'd, I'd like him to have a, a cheeky first remark when I, when I get up, you know, if I, well, I don't know if I'd be getting up there, but, <laughs> well, there you go. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Just very cheeky. Yeah. Well, you know, they always talk about the big jam in the sky with all the, the legends that have moved on, but I wonder if they're all up there, if they're somewhere else, but somewhere there's Wherever a big they party. Are, whether <laughs> it's up or down, I would like to be, get a, you know, get a free pass over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be the opening band on that one. That'd be great. Uh, all right. Well, awesome. Jack's Hall again. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the show tonight. And I'd look forward to catching up with you, hopefully seeing you live in person. Good luck on the European tour and good luck on this new album. It's fantastic. Um, I'm going to be blowing a hole in my eardrums later tonight when I'm driving around running errands again. So um, thank you for that. And thank God rock and roll has a future. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate all that. Yeah, my pleasure. We can shuffle the yards, but you'll never be in the backers. You get your guards, I'll be one step ahead in between of hearts, baby. Ain't nobody fool, you know I'll make a man out of you. Hollow, and you are listening to Musicians FAQ with Stuart McKee on CKMS 102.7 FM Radio Waterloo.
Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with great Canadian musical artists. 